<laughs> I'm just saying, if if we start talking, then we will be live. So, um, yeah, I was, I was not going to give her a chance. Well, uh, somebody's no, got to step in. And no, no answers me today, okay? She could do it. She doesn't have to always be duplicitous. She'd just but, be like, hey, we're going to start. So, <laughs> I always think it's a trap. That's why I'm still alive. So. It is always a trap. <laughs> you can see on her smile how unlikely it is that she'll just be like, yeah, okay, we're starting now. I like that <laughs> because I'm looking out of a windshield. I mean, we've been doing these cold opens for two years now. Something like, like it's going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Even, like, just the first time it ever happened, which was a complete accident on my part. I just forgot to tell you guys. It, but Justin's <laughs> face when it happened is like, I'm Convenient. sold. Never again am I going to announce it. It was great. What are you talking about? I have a great poker face. <laughs> Not at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest podcast in the world cold opens, right? So it's got to work. Which sure. one's the biggest yeah. podcast in the world? Joe Rogan, I think. Oh, good God. <laughs> Yay, we have something in common with Joe Rogan. Yeah. Thanks. Of all yeah, the things also, I wanted to know when I woke up this morning. I, I, got, like, I, got, yeah. I got two things in common with Joe Rogan. You're white and cold you have a cold open podcast? <laughs> cold open podcast and prematurely going bold. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're high right now because I was like, that's what we really need for this podcast. Dude, have you tried DMT? You know how upset I am? I got off at, that's the problem. I got onto the highway at the wrong exit. And now there's a fucking <laughs> cop here. That's why it's slow. <laughs> well, thanks for that one. So, there Listen, goes the I have to suffer. You have to hear about it. Yeah. So, so anyway, welcome to the Dresden Files podcast, where we're going to talk about traffic and cold opens. <laughs> I was going to say this. This is more like the Belt Parkway podcast at this point. Yep. So, um, we're now in the you know desert in between books. So we've been trying to scrape together topics. I mean, so. <laughs> I mean familiar territory, right? I mean, for sure. But <laughs> we did we did buy ourselves two years by going through a reread, right? So we haven't had to come up with like fresh topics for a while. But the last few have been eh. So if you've got any suggestions, please God save us from ourselves. Because today I we're mean, talking about Mac for like the eleventh time. Unless unless they're bad suggestions, yeah. in which case they will be summarily rejected. I mean, we we we, fine, you know. we still have the two short story compilations and comic books. If if we yeah, need yeah, to, do no, some we, more we did most of the short stories, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we, I think like we one or two kind of talked about them like before we did the full reread, and we did but, most of the comics. So yeah. We haven't done that, like Dogman and Wild Card. Didn't we only do card, like two comics? Didn't we only do two comics? That's more no. than enough. You, we did Welcome to the Jungle and Ghoul Goblin because Ghoul Goblin is awful. And then I finally, finally, after like six years, got you guys to read War Cry. So, which wasn't that much yeah. better. Well, yes, it is a lot better, but I think I think it just pushed. Also, my read read is a strong term. I I skipped. Yes, so you. But anyway, I think I think it blew my mind that he was actually 100% like 
giving us the fact that like Shogoths are real and like what the lore was for that. And you guys are like, why is Thomas there? Why is he in a cloak? Shut up. He's fighting a Shoggoth. Like, uh, no, let's no. Do the Thomas thing. being there wasn't so. necessarily the problem, but it was all how they treated, mistreated the baby wardens that it was just like, why is she using Harry's spell? How they just made I mean, a mountain, but he's also like can't do anything with. Mm-mm. No. And now they're dead. So how do you feel about if that? you were worried about the baby <laughs> warden's well-being, boy, not their well-being. No, they're just you. like that's not them. I I I opened. I, got, I saw one page of Dogmen and I put it down because Molly wasn't being Molly, and like that was ah. just the thing that I couldn't. I can't really move past that. Doing like a different kind of story, whatever, but that is not Molly's reaction. That's some other bitch's reaction that I just like, no. Well, nah. so, I mean, the comics are a little bit different. I think he gives them like an outline of, of a script or something like that, right? But, you know, they get a little bit more leeway than him writing the books himself. But man, if you thought the wardens got mishandled in Warcry... Don't read peace talks because I no, really no, feel like they should have made a better Bad things happen <laughs> to them, but their reactions need to be in line with their character, and they uh-huh. just weren't in the story and in the comics. And that's the thing that I've had the problem with for all of the comics is that they don't seem to be the same anything except for the same names. It's it's because Jim kind of handed off handed uh-huh. off people, and I guess they just don't know the source material well enough. And I'm sure yeah. Priscilla would be happy to correct them. With all the other jobs she's got and mm-hmm. all the money she's making for doing yeah. those jobs. So. Well, if one of you would learn to draw, we could do this. <laughs> uh, no, it's not me. That's for sure. <laughs> unless one you down. want, unless you want some like strong, bad level, like beefy arms on your dragons. That was that was the finest art I've ever done. So you know, so. I drew a lot of cyborgs when I was like a kid. But I never really got any better. I found one of my old drawing things like a few years ago. I was like, man, that was not I, that was not my destiny, even though I really tried for a while. <laughs> now that you mentioned cyborgs, I did I did make a fair hand at spaceships for a little while, but I should get back into that. So anyway, so are we doing Mac or are we just shooting the shit? Because that's next week's podcast. While we weren't so. recording Preston <laughs> Files and <laughs> right. Uh well, we have this. This uh, encyclopedia entry from EG from years ago about Mac of like a retrospective. So we're going to use that as help to do a thorough examination of Mac throughout now that we have a re- reveal of what he is, more or less, just like just Steve. Sit here silently. Mm. No, you're going to bitch about traffic the whole time. <laughs> yeah, no, right. I would never do that. That would be unprofessional. <laughs> we're not professional, so you're fitting just fine. The no, most unprofessional professional, professional podcast. I am as professional as it is. Yeah, it's great great to go back through all the old Mac and Alley posts and be like, look at all the speculation that we finally have, like, put 99% to bed. You know, like, we don't necessarily know his name or whatever, but, like, now we don't be like, which old Celtic god is he? Is he an outsider? Is blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the the problem. You say that we've put it to bed, but I think you're forgetting the reading comprehension in this community is not so strong. Yeah, but so, see, I I don't take I like 
unlike you, I don't try to save every Dresden reader's soul, right? Like people are going to have their crazy theories and I can just dismiss that shit and have my own headcanon. And like, you know, you go be crazy in your corner and whatever. And so, yeah, like for me, it's all but settled, right? So I don't have to worry about what, you know, Jim Bob the 47th is over there, you know, like what if, what if McAnally and time traveling Murphy went back in time and had babies and that's where Molly came from and no, that's no they you, you ascribed a much more altruistic outlook of what I do than I would have done, so I appreciate that. I wh whatever your intentions are, that's what it comes across as so. soul saving, ain't it? Yeah. Simple frustration at stupidity though. That that's easy. Right? Right. So Mac and Stormfront. Uh, acts a little bit differently than he does in the rest of the series as he's much more talkative and helpful, like outright helpful than he is in the rest. Right? Gives the man his car. Yeah. yeah. And warns Harry of Morgan's appearance uh, towards like the build up to the end. And anyway, if you just go to the a conversation that they have, like the first time he goes there, Mac actually uses words, like too many words than normal, even though it's not mu many, it's just too many than normal. This is probably less of a world building thing and more Jim still finding his place thing. Yes. Oh, easily. But yeah, like Mac is like the pub is very like a home feel to Harry. He relaxes there. That's like a safe place for him. Uh, and Mac is overtly helpful lending the cards so that he can go to Indiana to fight Victor Sells. It's, it's a line that he's never done afterwards. I mean, he's he's helped before, but only when he's got like direct skin in the game, right? So you know, like you've got uh, is it is it hero where you know they've got the whole like the the crossover short story with guard um, and the uh, you know the that alcohol contest. Hmm. I want to say like you know, the mead, because, you know, they stole a cask of mead, right? All that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, when the outsider shows up, obviously, but at that point, he's it's more like a home invasion than it is him helping Dresden. Um, but, you know, like, so you do get to see him active and stuff like that, but it's usually because somebody came knocking rather than, you know, he has gone out of his way to help Dresden like he did in Stormfront, right? right? Yeah, like sometimes he seems to like pull Harry into something of like this might need to be dealt with. Go, go do, especially in the short stories. But um, he he does not take overt action because he's out. Right. I yeah, except for in Stormfront, which maybe <laughs> retrospectively that will be explained away as it was just actually that important that he lend right. the car. Cosmically yeah. super important well, to lend out the 89 Trans Am. The first big case. It was the thing that kicked this all off. Yeah, I mean, real world, sorry guys, he's he's an author, so it's possible he just didn't have it that dialed in the first book. But Absolutely. And that, that is the real reason, but whether it's going to get a, a, a different reason later, maybe. Harry time travels back to that bar and he says, Mac, I need you to loan me your car. No, nope. I, it doesn't even need to be that. I'm just throwing that out there. That's my time Tw traveling. 20 year old, older, older Harry looking <laughs> scruff as fuck. Mac, 
Borrow me your car. Young Harry comes in a minute later. I'm just going to roll with this, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. With his nature, he wouldn't even blink if a time-traveling Harry showed up. Like, it'd be like I've been waiting for this <laughs> since, you know, it already happened 20 years ago. But you know, time travel's weird. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. well, then- with the nature of angels, I don't know if it's all angels, but how Uriel, for example, is an all... All parallel universes, it's all the same Uriel. I do wonder if he's also the same Uriel in all time at the same time. Kind of like well, how Merlin did that. I would thing. think so. Yeah. It doesn't, it does, I don't think he's just like blipping in and out between, you know, oh, let's go to 12 o'clock on this reality and see what's going on, except I'm in this reality at the moment. Yeah, so we he's get, like a cut. He's like his essence, like split. He's like constant everywhere, time and probably reality. It's, it's more complicated than that. Like uh, we could go into we could go into the physics of multiple you know dimensions and that sort of thing. But like at a minimum, they're fourth dimensional creatures, right? Which is usually where those deity types get plugged in. But you know, like because he's the same Ural across the multiverse. Like, he is potentially even higher up, you know, the dimensional chain than that. Theoretically, as many as, like, 11 dimensions and that sort of thing. But, like, the way that it breaks down is, like, you know, once you get to the fourth dimension, you can be at all points in, like, space and time at the same time, more or less, right? Uh, And then, like, fifth dimension, it's like you can be at all points in space and time across you know, multiple other dimensions or that sort of thing. Like I, there's a video that explains it. Like I said, I don't want to get too off into the weeds, but you know, he's, he's potentially like, he doesn't just perceive all points in space time or, or he's one Uriel that just travels around like Dr. Who, right? He literally can perceive all of that at the same time. And that's why when he acts, it's a big deal. But you know, there you you've got to try and delineate like, okay, if he can do all that shit, what is the white god actually doing? You know, because he's the only one theoretically that should be able to affect all points in space and time at the same time. I mean, have you, you know? seen Supernatural? Yeah, so he's punching the Winchesters. Okay, got it. You know, so. <laughs> he's oh. retired, dude. <laughs> he's playing ski ball like in Dogma. There you go. Oh yeah. I forgot about that movie. That's actually not that bad a movie. No, it is not. Same year as so, Galaxy Quest. Anyway. Is it suspicious that Mac set up shop only a couple years before Harry settled into Chicago? Like, it's a... That timing for someone who's apparently really old and been it's around for a very convenient. long time. Yeah. But, like, like, maybe he knew something was going to happen. Mm. And he's, nexus point. he's also conveniently close, only a couple of blocks away from wherever Harry lives or something. Offices, where's offices? Not necessarily his I, apartment. I would say that's highly coincidental because he's out. So reading anything into that would just be inappropriate. Hmm. I don't it's know. Just, I, he follows the ley line and whatever happens, happens. Right. Like... <laughs> I'm having a tough time breaking out the real world from the universe world this time, right? Mac moved in a couple of years before the book series started because Jim needed it for the plot. So, you know, like why he did it in universe, I I don't know. Because if he's out, you know, like, I mean, he's 
out, he's but said, lending his car. He's providing a safe place for Harry to be de dealing with all of the many supernatural things. Yes, the well, I suppose the, the slight difference with this one is theoretically a being like him could have set up shop a thousand years ago and just stayed put with the few whatever he has to do to keep that going. The fact that he came, it was only a couple of years prior, this, that, and the other thing. I, You know, yes, I agree. The out-of-world reason is still the same, but is slightly more in-world meat to this one than, say, you know, the early book weirdness of why he lent him his Trans Am. Well, and... I'm I'm not sure I'm fully ca capturing the thread here, right? But Jim has said that you know Chicago is kind of like Casablanca in this in this you know in in the world, right? And if I under if I remember right, like that alludes to like it's it's meant to be neutral, right? But it's still kind of in the middle of everything. Is, does that track? You know, that's the part that I'm I'm trying to grab. So what I'm saying is, it would make sense for somebody who is neutral to want to settle down in a neutral safe place, but then that's not reality, is it? You know, like, well, I mean, and that's the thing. It would, it, it would be it. something he would know. I would think, I mean, cause let's face it. Neutral is only as good as the people willing to abide by it. Number one. Sure. And, and number two, I don't know that you can necessarily make a whole city neutral like that. Like, it's just not, even if you wanted to, even if everybody was kind of of a mind to do it, it really wouldn't be practical or feasible. Um, well, and, and he doesn't try that, right? He just does his bar. But having this pocket of super neutrality inside of a town that otherwise is just another city, right? It's not New York, which is getting attacked all the time. It's not L.A. that's getting attacked all the time. Nothing bad ever happens in Chicago, says Mac as he moves in. And then <laughs> Dresden is like, he's like the bug lamp that attracts everything. Right. You know, like, uh, it, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of other movie lines and tropes that come to mind, but like, you know, one of the other ones is, you know, I always go back to Thor from Avengers, I think, or one of those where it's just like you having the Tesseract signal to other worlds that you are ready for a higher level of warfare. And that's Dresden, you know, Dresden showed up and now there's a wizard in Chicago and he fucking advertised. That's where it starts to become his problem. Right. And so he literally is like, yes, please come bring all your otherworldly problems to me. And, you know, like I'm sure everybody in the supernatural community is like, Really, there's a reason why we don't advertise, my dudes. You know, <laughs> like we stay low because thousands of years of this shit gets tiresome. <laughs> it's a good, I think it's a good analogy, but you're gonna have to explain it to the director. I think because you know, <laughs> she doesn't so understand Marvel references. I have seen that movie. I just didn't like it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well. Well, and it, it, it does butt up against something else that I hate, which was everything in the MCU is Tony Stark's fault because Tony Stark said, I'm Iron Man, right? And it's like, no, you know, like Thanos was out there destroying worlds long before Tony Stark decided he was Iron Man, right? And so, like, it, it is imperfect. You know, you've obviously got these accorded nations and whatever, but that's where it's like he's kind of a bug zapper. Like, that shit was out there, but now now it's his fault. It's possible, I mean, because of Max's angelic nature, maybe he did know, but maybe he didn't, because I, I doubt he gets access to all the corporate toys and things that he had while he was in, 
You know, I have a crazy level conspiracy thought. Tinfoil. Oh, shot. Is he Rashid? So no. <laughs> <laughs> Got it, him. Um, maybe Mac was asked to settle in Chicago because fairies knew that Harry was going to be in Chicago, if not Mab, at the very least Leah, because she was still trying to turn him into a hound at various points, trying to keep him safe. But if every time she shows up, he runs away, Mac could be like a place to monitor Harry. And you, then that kind of ties into whatever the hell Margaret uh, bargained with Leah for. Okay. So how does that help him yeah, but, with his outness uh, and his neutrality? Also, we, we haven't really seen them interact ever. That I can recall. Leah and Mac specifically know. In the background. But he does seem to be a personal friend of Mab's sometimes. It's actually very weird how we've never seen them on the same page together. Suspicious even. Oh. Uh, Leah what? and Mac. Leah and Mac? No, yeah. it isn't. <laughs> I'm just, He's I'm just, just feeding into the director's. I'm just yeah, feeding into the director's yeah. solutions. Okay? I mean, if Mac is out, that doesn't necessarily mean that Leah is out. Wait, except Mac well, was active when Leah was a shesicle, so that that makes it hard. Well, he was <laughs> out. He wasn't active. Only that mask, only that mantle was on ice. Leah was okay. still able to put on her Mac mask no, no, and run around. But I think I, I, think I follow, follow, follow this director, and I see the suspicion you have here. But the important question is, how does this tie into Odin being Rashid? Surely it all anyway. ties together. Odin likes to go have whiskey there. And I'm sure Rashid likes to stop by as Odin once in a while. <laughs> she solved it. By God. <laughs> yep. All right. So anyway, continuing. So Stormfront, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where, Stormfront. where does he? Where does he? Twenty minutes, and we're through Stormfront. Yeah, I know, right? Like, so we're gonna milk this for another three episodes. <laughs> no, God. Yeah, yeah that's what not. you want. <laughs> Knew I shouldn't have provided that right up. <laughs> right. How much of it is even still relevant, really, in terms of theories? I mean, well, this write-up isn't... Well, it depends, on, it depends on who you believe, because my conclusion at the end was more or less what I always thought it was, was Grigori Angel or Angel or something. So... so let's at least move to Full Moon. Um, Max's place is the meeting spot for Harry and Kim Delaney when Kim is asking for stuff that Harry decides not to help her with, and then she dies. So this kind of, um, as you wrote <laughs> up years ago... Like a a location for an important revelation on Harry's point of if he doesn't tell people the things that they are absolutely going to do anyway, he's not letting them be prepared and they get hurt. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was the initial spin. Was this was to see if there was if the books that he shows up in were slightly more significant as far as character impact wise of the things that happened than say the other ones. Well. Yeah, you do mention uh, Chauncey, and then the other books are, are when his id shows up more often. Yes. Right, so there's an oh, like that overlap in terms of the books, even though neither Chauncey nor the id show up at Max. You, he's just a little bit there in the book. Right, well, you know, he's in the background doing whatever he's doing. Steak sandwiches. 
and beer. Exactly. I'm hungry now. He's watching. Always watching. You uh, use your DoorDash or your Seamless or whatever you crazy kids do. I don't do those. <laughs> yeah, we we know despite your age, you're you're also inexplicably old. Like so like you've got some really old habits for being as young as you are. It was Ron Grouch. Eldest Gruff isn't even the eldest in this stream, I don't think. No, I don't think. Oh, I thought you were talking about her. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like yeah, I don't no, use I that. I don't use that newfangled technology. Uh, no, I was definitely talking about her. Oh, so I thought you were making. See, yeah, never mind. Yeah. All right, thank you. I mean, okay. yeah, we. I I teased you previously. Like, do we call you a boomer or a zoomer? And you're like, I'm a millennial too. And, and then you're like, ah. I don't do that newfangled DoorDash. I'm like, I DoorDash all the time, and I'm like ten years older than you. I'm like, I'm just, I don't want to pay for the delivery fee. I'll go pick up my food myself. So I pay for the DoorDash food. Plus, and then you don't pay for the delivery fee. No, thank you. Yeah, I wish I could. It's actually DoorDash, cheaper in the long run if you always here. use it. Feels bad, man. If you uh, use it, if you use it more than like five times in a month, it, it's worth the payment. I probably am not going to use it more than five times in a month because I shouldn't wow. be eating out that often. Do you? I don't. I can't help you. How often do you eat out, E.G.? Not as much as I've been, but <laughs> I mean, probably he's, at least twice he's a week. Currently out, so <laughs> yeah, but I'm not eating yet. That would be irresponsible right. and unpleasant. Right. We can only drive and podcast at the same time. Eating would just be in a, inappropriate. So yeah. yeah. Well that doesn't this doesn't require my hands. My headphones are in and the phone's on the other seat. So Okay. So anyway, Matt, showing uh, up food. at important things. Yeah. I I don't entirely see how Chauncey and you know, maybe id, but right. people so still want Chauncey to come back and I'm sorry, my dudes, it's been like no, no, it wasn't books. Like, <laughs> I agree. Although he will come back, my my sure, but... point with Chauncey at the time was not that him being there was the important thing. It was the information that he gets from him being the important thing. But still, there's no way to draw that line to back in Alley other than he's in the book. So. Well, no, that that's there's no way to draw any of these lines to him other than he's in the book. It was a very very broad generalization. Right. Fair enough. Then uh, it seems weird to see that Mac doesn't seem to be in books three or four. I had assumed that he was, but I guess not. Uh, and he next shows up in Death Masks as the meeting location between Ortega and Harry about the whole duel and everything. Mm -hmm. And Thomas is pulled in again because he's Ortega's second and Shiro... And yeah, and that Shiro and Mac having a happy conversation about beer. But they had specifically made him open it up earlier for them to have their, or later, or at an off time for them to be able to have the meeting there because he's special. Well, they do that in um, Skin Game. It's either closed, or he either closes it for them to have their meeting. I think it or... was that one, like closed for private event. Yeah. So. Six of one, do, half a dozen of the other. Yeah, I mean, they do that several times. Don't they more or less do that? Or it's functionally empty in Deadbeat as well, right? When the Well, they see them coming in and they all clear out because they don't gotcha. want any part of that shit. 
Right. Oh, yeah. So, like, he didn't close for them so much as everybody was like, "Well, it's about to be the shootout at the OK Corral. Let's get out." Yeah. When the guy well, he, uh, I think, getting his shotgun, maybe run away. I think it. <laughs> I think in Deadbeat, it was that Harry told him what was going on, and then Mac kind of like made a head motion to everyone. Yeah, you may, they may want to clear out because in Proven Guilty, when the ladies are there, I think they all just kind of do it of their own volition. Right. <clears throat> the thing about Mac not being in the, those two books, I think, isn't Thomas the only character other than Harry that's been in every book since he was introduced? Uh, Thomas uh, was not in Summer Night that I can remember. Right. Wasn't hasn't Murphy been in? She has not been in Murphy was well. I mean, if you count the beginning of Deadbeat, where yes, yes, I would. So. If we're counting that level for Mac, I'm counting that level for Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I'm pretty. I'm almost positive Thomas doesn't show up in Summer Night, and we don't see him again until Death Mask. But you know, it's between Grave Peril and and then it's Death Masks. Yeah, right. I don't think Thomas is there. Okay. So, <laughs> Back to the so, board. So Mac doesn't show up in Blood Rites, I guess. Is it on the list? Yeah. No, it's just like I, I really <laughs> thought he was there in more of these. No. Blood Rites is the curse one. Right? Yeah, with the porn. Yeah, it's, the, it's yeah. the porn one. Spoilers. This is Thomas again. Mac's just not that important. So, oh, like, well. He's so, the kind of character that you would you would almost think he would turn into a trope where Harry makes a once a book trip there just to have a drink or something. But well, he's actually not in all of them. Directly before the building was on fire and it wasn't my fault, they were at Max and that's when Thomas asked for a ride. So he's like mentioned but not present and we just missed the location. Convenient. Very. <laughs> Then in Deadbeat, as we've kind of talked about, of when Kemmler's people are going crazy, Mac understands who Kemmler is, starts getting shotguns, everyone clears out, and the wardens have their war meeting and then force Harriet to being a warden. All at Max. Yep. And round two of Id, as you point out, yep. at the museum. Well, a couple of times throughout the book, but yes. I think the Ed shows up twice in that one. Yeah, yeah, it, at least because he, he keeps he keeps telling him that he's missing something, right? Because isn't the Id feeding him information that kind of ties back to you're missing, you know, liver spots, Cassius. And then also he shows up, you know, and is clearly doing a thing with Lashiel with Lash, so right. So uh, right. Aid is probably sending the messages of the liver spots. Why that seems so familiar, um, but he does. I don't think they had like a inside head face to face conversation until the museum gotcha. and the death curse. Uh, I think. Yeah, that's um, probably right. Because they usually they usually only have the one conversation per meetup when he's actually face to face with his altar. Mm -hmm. and then to proven guilty see, so we had at least the meeting of the ladies and asking what is going on in fairy and we get the idea that maybe Mab is acting suspicious from mm -hmm. Maeve who is infected totally at that not point, suspicious 
Yeah. Like right. she says, I told you the truth. No, you didn't. <laughs> oh no, she's definitely infected by that point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when we get the tidbit about the lemonade and the lemon ice chips that they so enjoy, which is the only time we've seen it, I think. Wow. <sighs> I should try doing that sometime. Just to see if it actually makes a difference. Well, it, it, its purpose is to not water it down. So. Yeah. This guy lemonades. I just, you know, I know how life works. <laughs> Yes, I think it's only the one scene that there's that meeting. All right, and then in small favor, uh, we get Murphy's showdown with Tiny in a very full uh, pub. Then the giant gruff is not able to stand up tall, but he's like his horns are scraping on the ceiling. That Mac is just like, "Don't hurt my place!" And then Murphy intimidates him away. And Mac brings out three bottles of beer to share. It's a secret brew. Yeah. The extra good shit. Mm-hmm. And you, you've bolded that Harry describes it as God's beer. Like, mm. That's not significant. My God. Right. <clears throat> what a good catch by me and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Mac could probably have intervened, but he's choosing not to for his own reasons. He could have kicked out the, the gruff for the same reasons of this is neutral place, take it outside. But. Well, that's sort of what the gruff was trying to do, so there was really no reason for him to. Harry was essentially smartly, but he was being a coward. And then <laughs> the gruff was like, we can go outside and settle this. I'm happy to do that. And then, you know, Murphy had to butt in. And for once, Harry was f fighting smarter, not harder. By, letting him him by staying there instead of just saying, "Yeah, let's let's fucking go." Like, yeah, he would do. He would do that. Yeah, I think Murphy yeah. intercepted him on that one, right? So because she's like, yeah, wouldn't you know, yeah, he's I know she I can't remember why exactly. If he's about to say, "Fine, let's fucking do it," well, she she plays the cop card for once, so she's like. You know, I'm I'm a local constable, so you're threatening one of my citizens. Now I got to stand up for him, roughly. So, um, that, that's right, right. That's why he backs down is because she threatens to bring in mortal authorities as a mortal authority. So, mm -hmm. because he's threatening to, yeah. All right, so we don't get to see Mac in turncoat. Sad. Yeah, very sad. Uh, and then Not straight really. to changes we have pretty much just the like the first chapter when harry finds out all the relevations of now he's a father and the daughter's been kidnapped and it's like i need to talk to someone and he goes to mac because who else is he going to talk to not michael for some reason uh, and mac gives some form of whiskey it sounds you know, like i was gonna say mac is mac is closer and he has alcohol so you when the real shit is, the fans should go to your bartender buddy, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, and isn't, isn't Dresden doing round two of I'm secretly a monster and Michael's going to reject me? You know, so. Round no, because at that four? point they had already, um, they were okay. Because after proving guilty, mm -hmm. the, and Michael told them that he knew everything. And then after small favor, uh, when it was gone, you know, they they were they were fine. 
Gotcha. But Michael was at that point, you know, he was out. He was retired. He was shot up in the previous book. So, or I'm sorry, two previous books ago prior to this one. So, you know. You know. It's just one of those things. Not everyone could be in changes, right? No, everyone oh, yeah. has to be in changes. Uh, but not everyone was. Yeah, Michael's not in changes. Other than I did. The, the alphas weren't in changes. Elaine wasn't in changes. There was lots of people he could have called on to help that weren't in changes. Mm. Michael should have been there. But. Okay. He was a little busy still being not dead. So, yeah. And Perfect I, person I got... to talk to, though. About what? Uh, he, I mean, he almost always is, but still, like... And besides, if he went and talked to Michael, he wouldn't have gotten depressed and shot himself. So, what you know, Michael ruins the plot of the book. Hmm. Maybe it depends on when he Michael had a talk with Michael. He was getting whispers. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like the kind of whisper, like prior to or post. I mean, post it doesn't really help if he already has his memory wiped, and so at that point it doesn't matter because he's getting shot either way. But prior to, I feel like a conversation with Michael is going to be written to have that kind of supernatural significance to keep him from being influenced like that. Because he's Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get Michael, Michael, like who Michael is and how he basically is just the, like, he'll forgive anything. Right. But, like, and I know Harry's self-loathing is often, like, overplaying what he thinks Michael should or should not forgive him for. But the, getting his daughter to help with his suicide, I feel like Michael would have been a little, like, should have been, could have had the right to be a little more pissed about that one. I was actually shocked at the, the uh, lack of, generally speaking, relatively speaking, response that Charity had to that more than anything. Mm-hmm. But she knew. She's the one who tells him point blank about what happened and still doesn't, you know. But at that <laughs> I mean, point, it's like, it, I think he's overcompensating for how much of a dickhead she was to him the first few times that now she's really nice to him all the time. I mean, they've, she's grown to like think of him as family, right? So, like, that they have... Proof guilty helped with that a lot. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's why there's a lot less of that. Also, maybe, she, like, honestly, maybe she's just gotten to the point where she's just like, I'm just, yeah, I mean, I just can't get mad anymore. <laughs> well, at that point, she also already knows what, what's happening with Molly, right? Because that's the other reveal they have late in the most recent stories. Is once again, they just know what's going on. So they already know that Molly's about as okay as she's going to be considering things. I think it also, so. Generally speaking, they they see that Harry, he, just, he has good intentions, right? They he doesn't mean. Well, Michael already knew yeah. that it was you know her that had the, the blinders on. Carry. Yeah. So, uh, just a couple things to highlight more. And in, in the one scene we have of Mac and Changes, is this is when he's talking enough to make his throat hurt, and saying at least a Michael esque oh. thing of something like this is going to test you like nothing else. You figure out who you are and where the boundaries are of your principles and what lines you'll cross. And that really yeah. was like in there. Like I guess that it, I guess it really like when you build up a character to not speak much for so long, so many no. years, 
Like, I guess if we discount the first book, because he actually speaks quite a bit there, like you said. But we've gotten really used to Max saying yeah, very nobody, little. Nobody except us goes to reread that book, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> we've gotten used to him saying very little. It really puts an like an impact on those words. And I felt like this was one of the bigger highlights of, like, this is what the book is. Like, you see the title of Changes, and then on, like, page five, Mac is talking. Mission statement from the non-talkative guy. Yeah. The, bar the bartender's given us our inciting incident plot. Yeah. Um, that and Mac uh, serves his uh, mouse's food to him on that meeting, which I think the only time they really meet. But whatever mouse is, Mac respects enough to actually serve. No, it's not the only time. I think he does something similar in Skin Game. When, does he? Uh, I thought so. With the bones, or maybe he just gives him a bag of bones. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're cousins, right? So, sure. In a weird way. Well, I mean, if you take Uriel's words literally, they're siblings. There you go. Little brother. But Uriel could just be a furry, so we don't know. <laughs> oh, please. Be not afraid as Uriel shows up in his dog costume. So. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I would rather see the Bible version of what an angel looks like than an angel dressed up as a furry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Enochian so see, we all. Is, is better. <laughs> seven eyes, seven me. heads and like eyes all over the body would be less disconcerting than like a poorly made um, which one's the tiger? Calvin or Hobbes? Hobbes. <laughs> Hobbes. I know, right? Like, <laughs> please you, tell you me get, that was a brain fart. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't remember. I never really read those ones, so I didn't remember which was which. But you yeah. see so, like, Justin. Justin just had an eye twitch. Yeah. yeah. But like just, Uriel showing up in like a poorly made Hobbes costume, that would be more disconcerting than true version. Ti double gutter. Oh god, yeah. Imagine like, a poorly made Tigger. <laughs> With like the bouncy tail that doesn't quite bounce, and he's just the zippers up front, so you know some bad shit's about to go down. Just, I'm just gonna stop you right there. I got. I got no further desire to continue down this thread of thought. So, you know, he, I mean, he's an archangel. Let's just like not even entertain what his possible capabilities are. But yes, so <laughs> I mean, it could go the dog apparently, went out. Apparently, uh, he's got no junk. Yeah. Arts and crafts yeah. is not one of them. <laughs> he's really handy with a knife, though. So, so. Uh, we don't get to see Mac and Ghost Story, which now sounds like that would have been very interesting because right. that is the time when someone shuts down Harry's uh, sight and says, no, you will hurt yourself. You don't get to look at the angel in uh, the between land of Chicago. Full regalia. Mm -hmm. So if, if he had decided to go by Mac's place, would Mac have noticed him, said anything, done anything? had any form of indication whatsoever. I would have been very interesting to see. Oh, I mean, like I, he, he would have known with... whether or not he would have registered that knowledge to Dresden is a different issue. Right. Mm -hmm. What were you saying, Andreas? I got, because she was talking about that angel in the afterlife where it's like after Chicago, but it's not Chicago. It's like every city amalgamation thing. I thought she was talking about going to Maganelli's in that world, which I don't think would have done anything, I guess. Hmm. Uh, but 
then I realized she was talking about Ghost Harry when he was back, and so yeah, that was yeah. that was just that. All right, and then we get to Cold Days, which is probably the most important Mac heavy book. Well, it is now in hindsight. So, nah, I mean, if, well, even then, I think it was safe to say, considering what happens. Yeah, even with the, like the revelations that we get out of Peace Talking Battlegrounds, um, the, the Mac is still like the damsel in distress in half of the book, so he's still always present, even if it's not always the pub. Yeah. Um, well, you know, this is the first real big. Because these are all the questions everyone had prior to, and now he's showing direct knowledge of certain things that, and we're finding tiny bits more out about him from an outsider. So, you know, this is the one that kicks off even more of the the, the theories about him and all that stuff until we finally get the more definitive answer in um, Battleground. Right. Right. So we first get to the pub when Harry figures out a meeting with Vatterung, needing a whole bunch of information about the island. And we see that uh, Vatterung is drinking coffee with whiskey in it, and he's told a joke to Mac that was good enough to burst him into laughter. Seemed to be a very big uh, accomplishment. And then so they have the whole conversation about the, like, confluence of history and time and how that works with the island and whatever is going on the grandfather uh, paradox yeah <laughs> so, yeah so if i go back and kill my grandfather what happens it's like he beats you senseless i suspect right. <laughs> best line um right and then i think like was it the same or did they like a continuation of that same point of when harry and thomas were talking and then the walker shows up And yeah, and then Sharkface is there and he's saying like, bring out the wizard or whatever and, and being weird and creepy. And then Max says, don't chat, kill it. And then right. uh, Sharkface is like, you, you asshole, I hate you. You have no place right. in this watcher. It's like, um, well, you came into my bar, so. Yeah, it's mine, get out. Uh, you have no place in this. Do you think this gesture has meaning? It is every bit as empty as you. You chose your road long ago. Have the grace to lie down and die beside it. <laughs> and he's like, uh, what Problem. does he mean by that? Just kill it. It's only the first. He's like, okay. Right. Yeah. And Pro go ahead. I was just going to say problem with watchers. They're very hard to perish as we find out. So Yes. But they get him out of the bar, at least. The bar is kind of destroyed in a bunch of frost. And Harry says, well, it could have been fire. It's getting out better than most of the people. Yeah, right. Oh, it's his first real winter night gig, so. Yeah. Can't have a fire-heavy book. Although he shoots a, I believe it's described as a, uh, a like, bright blue gale of a comet at him in the in the bar. Hmm. Right. So he does use fire, but, you know. Then, he just doesn't blow the place up for once. That is true. So, seeing that something suspicious is happening, Harry is doing the thing he doesn't do often enough and demanding answers to questions. And Max says, Can't, I'm out. 
Like he seems a good to question be... for another time. <laughs> and so all Matt can do is put three bottles of beer on the bar and like, okay, so there's three of them. But yeah. like he, he can't even physically say anything, I guess. Before, beside, and behind. Yeah. Yeah. He's the in, the white god was a little fuzzy on using bottles as, you know, props. So loophole. Yeah. <laughs> and Harry says, we're going to talk. And Max says, no, we aren't. Right. No, we shan't. Is it actually shan't? No, no I'm just, I was oh, just using the Game of Thrones version. Right. And then uh, the Winter Fae that are hounding Harry for their own purposes are going around and collecting all the people that he spoke to, including Mac. So they leave the hint of his bottle cap as an identity of who they've stolen. And then from that point, Harry just says, like, I don't know what you're doing, but you're staying close. And so there's basically Mac and Justine are right next to each other for the rest of the book. Dun, dun, dun. Great. And doesn't she, like, bandage him when he gets shot, too? Mm -hmm. So, dun, dun, dun. I mean, to be fair, it did seem like Jim kind of forgot that. Yes, he didn't. I don't think he knew at this point. We're helping him. Or at remember. least he didn't remember this part for when the reveal came later. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. And then somebody and, had to go and remind him. Yeah. And and the whole beta asylum, I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't remember. Did we get a comment from... Uh... I don't yeah. remember. From, from her on uh... that. So my brain just completely... I was just pretending that I didn't just forget. So Priscilla... Did, I don't know. Didn't she come back and be like, we did try to warn him or something? I don't remember. I thought Well, that was a lot. Of, <laughs> that seems to be a lot of peace talks, especially, but also battlegrounds. It was like, we told him, and he just didn't care. So. Right. I don't know if didn't care is the right thing, but it seemed like he was just under a lot more pressure than normal. So, what? all yeah. yes. so. I'm going to write my book the way I want it, with blackjack and hookers and outsiders taking over my brother's wife's friend's pizza delivery boy. <laughs> what does that make us? Absolutely nothing. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> so some interesting points of um, when Mac was kidnapped, they all had uh, the marks for the ropes that had been tying them up and everything, but Mac didn't. And Harry thinks that... Uh, at first that Mac hadn't been tied up and that's super suspicious, but it's probably more that he just healed from a bruise like that real quick. Uh Yeah. He's got DR. So it wasn't magic rope. So he didn't take actual damage from it. DR? What did you mean when you said DR? Damage resistance. You know, that's not what I was thinking about. Did you think demon reach? Yeah. No, uh, I've been playing a lot of World of Warcraft, so I thought diminishing returns. Ah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, it, standard angels, man. Like it, it's a non-magical, non-adamantine weapon, right? So, you know. Okay, continue. But yeah, it's it, it it's possible because that we do get conflicting on the healing, right? Like he when he's out, he gets one wound, and that seems to stay around for a while. And the theory was that he's masking his healing ability, right? Because after Mab shows up and just reaches in and grabs the bullet, he almost instantaneously heals. 
sort of like, if you can instantaneously heal the bullet, why the fuck did you have these bruises and whatnot the whole time or whatever? I don't remember what the other wound was, but... Yeah, he just got, um, like, beaten by weird people. So it was like, you just bruises maybe, like, as much as a bruised bone or something. But he refused painkillers and probably just healed up on his own after being in a hospital for like a day, just because you get attacked by a bunch of people in your bar, you're expected to be in the hospital for a while. But right. And Goes have, to the hospital for appearances. Yeah. Yes. Quite literally. And then uh, before anyone could stop Mab, she like sticks her hand in his wound, pulls out the bullet, drops it on his chest and starts healing up immediately. So at the point he has no wound whatsoever when Harry finally is paying attention to things again in, at the end. Also, the implication that anyone was going to stop her from doing that if she wanted to do it. Just, just... She's clearly helping him in a way, so like no one should stop her. Just Wait, paying... no, stop. She just looks at them and turns them into ice. <laughs> It'd be funny to watch someone try to stop her do something like that now. Mm. All right, and then it goes to skin game. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. No, this one's not a dun, dun. This is just a, they're at the bar for Harry's flashback scene. Yeah, that's the only scene of it, right? Uh, do you want it more? Because I can make one up. But yes, that's Yeah, it. go ahead. Make it up. So <laughs> before the book, before everything was going on, when Harry was still on the island, uh, Max showed up with a delivery of <laughs> his steak sandwich, sandwich and, uh, and yeah. a six pack. And everybody else was getting freaked out by Demon Reach, but he just kind of looked around and gave a huff and then went to go pee on a tree. Okay, Eugene, are you, are you like, do you have stock in their company? Because I would sign up for DoorDash Premium if Mac brought me beer and steak sandwiches. Like, absolutely. I mean, okay, if if DoorDash decides to sponsor this podcast, (laughs) I will use them and their service. One, when they start delivering in my country. When they start delivering fictional characters' food, I think that all bets are off. Truly the prime timeline we all want to live in. <laughs> well, I mean, it has to taste as good as it's described. As, 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 so as long as that's the case, then yes. What because, is the most delicious you know, fictional food I can think of? I, I I'm drawing a blank here. Okay. Go read Game I, of Thrones. I, I'm sure there's something in there. That's why yeah, I stopped see, reading I'm, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I'm American. I usually go to, like, if you're going to have fictional food and what's going to taste the best, then it's Hook. So, all the different kinds of pudding and whipped cream and burgers. Dude, that just seemed all so fucking sugary. Like, I mean, yeah, it was literally a, it was a bowl of, like, cotton candy whipped cream. Yeah. Gross. And that's so, dinner. They're kids, man. The best part uh, about it is that they're still getting their full 2,000 calories and all their vitamins, except for that one guy. You know, who's getting you know a lot more. About. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and because his paid, imagination then, is more filling than everybody else's. So. Oh, yeah. Well, and then, and then, you know, he picks him at the end. He's like, uh, maybe give it to someone with a little more mobility. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. So, when Mab is there at max she says may your patrons be prosperous and honest and he says may your scales always return to balance and she accuses him of being a flatterer as you do that yeah. is a flattering thing to say to a fate mm-hmm. she actually uh, like 
has a reaction. Like I always thought of it as blushing, but she's not. It's like her mouth quirked at the corner. So it's not to the level of a blush. You right. silver tongue devil, you. Right. <laughs> it's also Mab. Like I the Fae are always trying to get to balance, but Mab especially <laughs> it, it, like that's her whole thing. So yeah. It's part of a compulsion. And that's then... her DS. Uh, well, she must be great so if you want to hang a picture around. You'll get everything level. <laughs> well, that's been the Dresden Files podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm sorry. Did that just... Uh, <laughs> my badass lines are just shutting down the show. Yes, yes. That It was I'm a little okay too this. early when we were talking about Archangel Furries, so we still had to cover 20 minutes from that. There is never a good or bad time to talk about that particular topic. <laughs> I like how he, he pretended to not know who Hobbes was so that we wouldn't twig to the fact that he knows way too much about furry conventions. And, no, no, I literally know. have, I think, read two <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes strips in my entire life. So everyone should start sending him Calvin and Hobbes strips just to educate him. I've like, never read uh, all of Calvin and Hobbes, only like Danish translations vaguely in a newspaper once upon a time. If you want to send me the complete collected edition... Yeah, uh, yeah send it to uh, him. Send it turn, to me. Turn I like the them. Reddit upside down. We gotta find all the parallels between Calvin and at, Hobbes and Harry. At Dresden. this point, and there's really no difference, so might as well. I mean, Harry <sighs> has like better. the full collector's edition, right? Calvin and Hobbes. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, a, not anymore. Can go to Amazon. Everybody can go to Amazon and buy that shit or, or whatever bookstore is still not dead. But now I want to see like Harry and Mouse and as Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> there you go. That's out in the world. Harry and Mouse and that. I was going to say it was going to be Maggie and Mouse at this point. Oh, fine. Yeah. Right. I I'm mean, good it's with a, that too. Mr. So. Kitty. If we got Kitty someone... doesn't have a tail. And the audience listening to this, who is a this a fair hand at drawing? That's that's a fan art for you right there. <laughs> It'll be reposted on the subreddit. Uh, Maggie and Mouse, Calvin and Hobbes style. Yeah, you'll get karma. Yeah, that's for sure. You'll get that sweet, sweet, uh... sweet, sweet red of karma. Yeah. If anything, you could do Maggie and Clifford would not at all be a stretch, except that he's not red. So, but not yet. To wrap up, uh, to wrap up, Mac. <laughs> Uh, are we all us here on the podcast? Do we agree that he's an angel? That's the yes, that's no. real, real. Considering it's stated in the book now, finally, yes. <laughs> he's not. He's he's, 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 he's the Celtic god of five listen, heads. Set wild as far as I've been, he's been an angel town. for years and years for me. The fact that we finally had to have the character say it is like okay, <laughs> right. fine. Yeah. We were really Harry fucking close when he said, that's before. enough out of you, Watcher. But we weren't sure. But then when he said practically, literally the exact same line, Jim's over there with a spiky clue bat, just be like, bonk, bonk. Oh, he so. calls him the remnants of an angel. I mean, I don't know what else anybody <laughs> wants at this point. But Dresden Harry, said it, I mean, right? They're, they're so, for the people who don't believe that, there is an argument that Harry has had assumptions stated as fact, which Jim has said are not fact. That's a bad argument. Because unreliable narrator go only goes so far when our narrator is our view into the world. So there's got to be a stopping point at that. It really unreliable narrator is a tool to give Jim the ability when he does things like forgetting to change it, and he can be like, "Oh, well, Harry just didn't know." 
I was mostly thinking about the limp of Demon Reach and Harry connected that to Rashid, which Gemma said has nothing to do with each other. Correct. Right. But yep. Yeah. Good talk, guys. Yay, we did it. We did it. We're at an hour. We can stop Whatever letting out hot air. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So God, if you have topic suggestions, <laughs> send them yeah. to us because we are uh, we need to be more creative than we have been in a long time. It's because we're all like, well, you guys are all adults now, right? It's, it's hard to find. I'm time sorry. To what are, what are you in this scenario? <laughs> I mean, there's I, I there's a I'm lot a... of factors that have gone into it, like. The, the director and I were talking, especially last week, and it's like we we had a cache of topics many years ago before we started doing the reread. But with the addition of the two books, we also got a lot of answers and stuff. So there are a lot of speculation episodes that we had and research episodes that won't bear those fruit anymore. So that's that's kind of what it is, is like we need to rebuild that cache. But well, if nothing else, there's always gears, guns, gadgets. Yeah. God, I, I tease her about that every time, and she even she can't bring her soul to do that anymore. So, oh yeah, I'm busier than I was <laughs> back then. You, there is there is a level of masochism beyond what would be pleasurable, and it has to be a gears, guns, and gadgets <laughs> episode. Now we like, know where EG kind of swings. <laughs> I didn't mind it at first because it's like, you know, guns are kind of fun, you know, trying to speculate what what types of weapons they're using when they're not outright said. Like Murphy's get somewhat specific because that's her thing. But Dresden's like, I've got a coach gun. Yeah, OK, that could be anywhere from like, you know, X to Z. Um, but then the director is like, let's include the broken glass from fucking blood rights. And I'm like whoa my dude like let's include the thousand dollars that you know what's his face just had on him because he's a he's a porn director i'm like okay now we're like way (laughs) way way into the weeds like if it's an object it goes on the list right yeah what was the Uh, blood that spilled like what blood uh, i included doorknob at one point and that's when i realized i might have been losing my mind Right. That's so, when that's when she realized it's like yeah. looking at doorknob and come too far. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe this is too much. Still got it done on time. Like that. It's just apparently I was too bored during that week. Yeah. Alright. Okay. I have reached my destination, so I'm gonna say goodbye now. Oh okay. goodbye now. Goodbye guess, now. Uh we we're doing children of men next week. Yes. Yep. Now you can't so. stop us talking about things. So, oh, he's still here. Shit. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Children of Goodbye. Men, super great if you haven't seen it. So, um, yeah. Great I'm, movie. I'm Watch excited. it before we talk about it. So if you feel like you're included in the conversation. Right. Which which one of y'all hadn't seen it? Because Director, you had seen it, right? Mm-hmm. At least once. I've, se- I've seen it. It's been You've a while. But, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, huh. I'm not sure who that. hasn't seen it. Maybe we all then, have, probably because yeah. it's not black that, and white. And that, yeah, right. That might have been the surprise then, because like I said, you know, for a long, long time, it just seemed like, you know, one of those little things. And then it was funny, you know, talking to Cody last night in, in our discord, you know, where he's like, Oh, it's a book. And I'm like, how did I not know it was a book? Did I forget? Yeah. Cause like I've watched like making of, and like, I really got into it for a little while, but uh, anyway. Yeah. That was interesting. So, like, and then something that you said in the conversation, like, wait, was that a Cormac McCarthy book? No, it's not. It's just, of a similar vein, <laughs> right, but right. uh, 
yeah, that, that is a very good movie. It was very easy to put on the list of perfect movies that we're apparently all going to nominate. Um, right. I'm, it's going to be an easy conversation, I think. No one's going to be disagreeing. We're all just going to be talking about the favorite parts. Now that you've said that, Ben's going to come in here and be like, well, I, I just didn't like it. It just it didn't capture the sports movie well enough <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> there wasn't nearly enough cannibals eating each other's faces for a post-apocalyptic dystopian. So sorry, apparently this is my Ben impression. I have no idea why, but it, uh, deeper voice. <laughs> OK, for some um, reason, even though he has a very deep voice, your voice went up to imitate him. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's what you can look forward to and send us the topic. So we, because we don't know what we're doing in two weeks for Tristan. So you can help us. With we'll that find decision. out next week. Yeah. 